Good morning to you. It is Tuesday, November 14th at 1 a.m. Uh, hope you're doing well. It's uh, it's a little later for my for my wrap up, simply because uh, I was at uh, I was at this evening evening's game and um, wanted to get the wanted to get the post game up uh, just so uh, didn't want to procrastinate because I was still pretty wide awake after getting home from God's country. Uh, Purdue handled their business, beat uh, Xavier eighty three to seventy one, but. Uh, wasn't that wasn't a thing of beauty? Uh, not that you'd expect much of that just yet. I'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but first, let me uh, thank our, our good friends at Homefield Apparel. Head over to homefieldapparel.com, grab a t-shirt or sweatshirt, um, enter boiled twenty three at checkout, and you'll get fifteen percent off. Um, and then uh, when you're when you're on campus, you already know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go over to AJ's on Vine. I just went there with my family and had a, an amazing meal um, before uh, before the Minnesota game. I suggest you do the same. Uh, burgers, beef, beer, that's AJ's. So, uh, Nathan, thanks for thanks for tuning in at this late hour. Um, my voice is a little, uh, little off from yelling and um, I'm a little fatigued, but I'm I, like I said, I'm, I'm still kind of energized, wasn't ready to wind down just yet. So I thought I'd get this, get my thoughts uh, in the uh, get my thoughts uh, up on the up on the interwebs. So, um, like I said, uh, Purdue Purdue did handle their business tonight, but man, at times they look discombobulated to me. It feels to me still that some of these lineups that Painter is trying to force <clears throat> aren't quite working, and it also feels like some of the things are just work in process, uh, uh, progress type things. But the the way that Purdue is getting to where they need to go is not exactly as I thought it would be at this point. For instance, uh, a lot of guys that are, were significant uh, significant players, significant guys in the rotation last year, just aren't playing that many minutes. So uh, guys like Ethan Morton, uh, uh, guys like Caleb First, even um, just not playing the minutes that you might think they would be playing at this point. Um, and even, even uh, Kaufman Wren, who uh, looked like you know he's he's a starter now uh, with this new this new look Purdue team, and I think he only played like fifteen or seventeen minutes. But the the big thing that I'm seeing more than anything is you're seeing some some guys growing up, and we're seeing them become things, and seeing them deal with situations, and we're seeing some mistakes because of that growth. For instance, Miles Colvin at times looks completely lost, but at other times he's he's just magic, right? He's a he's a guy who has a hot hand, he can hit threes with people in his face. Um he's he's got a great stroke. Um and he's instant impact, but at the same time he does some things where you're like, okay, he's just not ready for the bright lights. Xavier is an interesting team. Xavier is filled with a bunch of newbies on that team, I think uh, like six freshmen or five freshmen, something like that, and they've got some transfers there. Just got a bunch of new parts, um, and so what Sean Miller is doing there uh, with the pace of that team is pretty impressive. That looks like a team to me that's it's definitely a solid tournament team, I believe, um, and it's a team that will get better and better as the year goes on. I listened to the post game uh, comments from Painter and others. 
And one thing Painter talked about is getting better at games like this. When you play a team like Xavier, when you play a team in the Gavit games, you know, you're playing generally a uh, a squad that's gonna uh, gonna kind of take you to your limit. They're gonna punch you a little bit, and and you should leave there being a better team because of that level of competition. Last year, uh, it was Marquette, and that was a close game. Purdue was down most of the game, and then I think in the final ten minutes, it really put them away. In this one, Purdue really had the lead almost the entire game. Um, <coughs> sorry, I can't get my throat right. Um, Purdue had the lead almost the entire game, but the lead would kind of accordion. It would flex and, and shrink. Um, but there were, there were some periods where it felt like Purdue could just kind of step on them and win going away. And one of the biggest periods that when that happened was when Smith got really, really hot. Um, he was, I think relatively early in the second half where it was just like he was controlling the pace of that game. He was um, the best player on the court, which is says a lot at that point. He, I mean, uh, Xavier couldn't stay in front of him. His uh, pull-up is, uh, you know, kind of putting the Xavier players on their heels then pulling up for a 15-footer. Um, massive, massive difference maker for Purdue. The other thing that's really interesting is Zach Eadie, again, he's going to be your player of the game. I'll talk about his specific stats here in a second. But he missed a lot of shots. He missed a lot of shots that were really very spoiled with and used to him making. Um, where he just, you know, the little baby hook that is almost automatic uh, to on his left hand. He, he was short on those a couple times, which is pretty unusual. Um, I'm not going to read into that anymore saying like he had dead legs or anything, but it's, he still, you know, led all scorers. I think he had, I think he had a double, double and I'll, and I'll confirm here in a second, but he didn't play a great game and he still was going away the best player on, on the court overall in the game. Uh, like I said, Smith was right there, but that one, two punch of Smith and Edie is definitely a thing that teams are going to have a hard time contending with, and I think it's only going to get better. Lawyer got his feet under him again. He played um, a much better game than he than he did previous game uh, versus Moorhead State. Um, but And like I said, Colvin knocked down some shots. But uh, the big thing is that Purdue has to play now in a week. Uh, I think it's, yeah, next Monday they'll play Gonzaga. And Gonzaga is a better team than Xavier. Gonzaga has some players that not only are as athletic as Xavier players, but they have a lot of experience. Uh, Nimbard is one of them that I think of right away. I don't know all of Gonzaga's lineup. I'd be lying to you if I said I did. But Gonzaga is also going to be ready kind of to to even out the score, if you will, from what happened last year when Purdue really um, took it to them in Portland. So a motivated team, a good team, a well-coached team, a talented team, that's a, that's, a, that's a tall order, and it's especially a tall order at this time where Purdue looks like they are a work in progress. So um, uh, Dalen Clements asked the question, what's wrong with our second lineup? I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. In fact, I, I, I think they're just young. Um, and so like, so if you're talking about Heidi, Colvin, but then you could ask, there are a lot of veterans that are coming off the bench right now uh, Gillis comes off the bench. Morton comes off the bench. Uh, first comes off the bench. And one thing I don't, uh, when you say what's wrong with our second item, uh, second lineup, you almost have to expound the question because Caleb first had some huge shots. Miles Colvin had some huge shots. 
uh, really important shots for like when the game would when the lead would shrink down to five seven points those guys would hit threes and push it back out so that's a hard thing to say I think there is something happening where guys are getting used to their roles or getting used to the uh, guys they're playing with um, and there's a there's some growing pains that are going to happen with with that with a guy like specifically um, Colvin Heidi uh, and then having TKR in at different times and the ones uh, it's a it's a uh, yeah just offensive efficiency is what you're saying I think I think it's just early in the season and I I think last year we got really spoiled in the fact that Purdue was so good right away. But I think the focus of the coaching staff was different last year. In fact, I think the coaching staff was like, okay, let's try to figure out who our guys are right away. And when we get that core, let's keep them together. Let's not screw around with that lineup all that much. And that one-two punch of these guys are this and these guys are that. This year, there is all sorts of jockeying with the, and moving around with the lineup. And I think it's that simple, that it's a different focus. They're trying to figure out who the best combos are how to get some of these guys up to speed quickly. And I think that could be maybe what we're feeling or seeing when we say, well, this, the, the the line change, if you will, the second group, because the, it was a 10-man rotation today. Um, there, there's some deficiency there, but I think they'll get better. So let's go, let me go through the stats real quick before wrapping up. Um, so <clears throat> Trey Kaufman, Wren, super quiet night, a point uh, at one point. Three rebounds. Zach Eady, massive. 28 points, 11 uh, rebounds, and assist. Uh, four blocks. His defensive presence, in fact, may have been more important than his offense, especially early in the game because uh, I don't want to say he started off slowly because I think he led scores pretty much the entire game. Um, if not led, he was right there with Smith. Like I think at one point they both had 10 points, 8 points in the first half. Um, but his defense was... Super, super strong. He had a couple turnovers that weren't. Uh, one of them was really uh, one that I think all Purdue fans going to dread. But one thing as a team that I loved, um, and I always will talk about this: when you shoot free throws above seventy-five percent, you're in good shape. Purdue shot eighty, uh, made eighty-five percent of their free throws. They made forty-six percent of their threes. One of the weird things that I had, and I don't know if you guys did while you watched it. As I watched the game, because Xavier hit so many threes late in their shot clock, uh, like dagger type threes, where they were Purdue did a great job on defense, would hold them all the way down to you know one or two seconds on the shot clock, and one of their guys would be shooting a, you know, a deep three, kind of off one foot, uh, a three that I think most coaches say don't don't shoot that three, and they make they make the three, but they only they only made twenty eight percent of their three pointers. That, to me, may be the most shocking stat of the night because it just didn't feel that way. Uh, Purdue, as a team, hit 50% of their shots. That's uh, 51%, 50.9. So so pretty strong, but that's the thing. The stats don't really tell the whole story. I think that's kind of what uh, the commenter was saying there is when you look at things like look at Zach Eady's performance, you know, he was only, but his stats, 9 of 17, that's not great for him, obviously. So, uh, Braden Smith, um, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, uh, 3 turnovers, but man, like I said, his pace was really good. Again, uh, Lance Jones' pace really isn't even matched by Smith. When he starts pushing the ball and, and really trying to get to the hoop. He gets there, and often he finds himself around three defenders. I kind of wish he would recognize that a little bit earlier before putting himself in the trees and dish it out because he's drawn in all those people, 
all those defenders. This could be a deadly thing if he can use that pace to set other people up. Um, but instead, he, he was really trying to make things happen. I counted again. This is the same thing as last game versus Moorhead State. I counted four or five missed layups from different guys. That stuff is the hardest thing for me to swallow, actually, as a fan or, you know, whatever you want to, you know, just somebody who watches Purdue basketball. I, I hate seeing missed layups. Uh, and they happen from everybody. I mean, Edie had a missed layup. Uh, I know Jones had, I think, two or three. Smith had one. Um, those are tough. Um, like I said, uh, Caleb first, he didn't light the, the, the stat sheet on fire. He had five points, but he had that one three-pointer from the top of the key, which was really pivotal. Really kept Xavier where they needed to be, and he did it in limited minutes. He only played 13 minutes. That's a, that's a, that's a huge deal. Gillis was quiet again. Um, I'd like to see Gillis look for a shot a little bit more. Obviously, I think he had one. He had, a, I think he shot, yeah. Um, yeah, he shot, uh, he shot two three-pointers. I remember one in the second half specifically, and I thought, okay, that's going to go down. It was, a, it was right in the offense. It was a smart, um, uh, the right shot for that situation. It didn't go down. I don't fault guys for that, but I'd like him to look for a shot a little bit more, of course. Um, and Lawyer, like I said, he recovered a little bit from the Moorhead game where he had two points, 11 points tonight, four rebounds, three assists, and two steals. <coughs> so, um, uh, Purdue's 3-0. and They are the second-best team in America. They uh, jumped over Duke, and Arizona moved in right behind them. Purdue will play Arizona in Indianapolis in uh, when after the Maui Invitational. This schedule as you all already know, is just monstrous. And um, they're going to have to deal with they have to deal with real teams and see how good they really are really, really quickly. The funny thing is, when I watch this Purdue team play right now, as they sit, like, and Moorhead, you know, like they, you know, the lesser opponents, there are times in the game where like, they absolutely look like one of the elite teams in the nation. Well, tonight they play Xavier. Xavier, I don't think, is ranked right now. Or if they are, they're 25th. But I don't think they're ranked right now. I think they just fell off, to, fell out of the top 25. But at times it felt like, man, Purdue didn't have kind of the chops to put a bunch of space between them and Xavier at home with a electric Mackey Arena. That stuff kind of, if you want to get really, you know, bothered by something, you can get bothered by that. But I, I at the other hand, I just watch them like, yeah, these lineups still aren't, they're still not there. And so there's a lot of work to be done on that side. Um, let's see. Yeah, Dale Clement says, I think uh, Maz is trying to feel lineups. Absolutely. I just I think that's that is uh he does this every year though, where the lineups are the the range is wide and then it starts shrinking down really quickly. Um I think uh hopefully I mean, I think they're still gonna try to play ten guys. He talked about that in the post game, how difficult it is to play ten guys for him. Um he prefers eight or nine. But I think he sees a strong reason to continue with a larger rotation. But even that, with just 10, with 10 guys, guys like Waddell, who a lot of Purdue fans wanted to see him play significant minutes, you're just not going to get it, right? And this is the, the embarrassment of riches that Purdue has this year. They've got a lot of guys that could play a lot of minutes for a lot of teams. Camden Heidi didn't play a great game or a noteworthy game, but he came right in off the bench um, his first time in the game and almost immediately... Uh, I think it was Lance Jones. Lance Jones has a steal, turns, gets it with that pace that I was talking about. It's so important this year. When Purdue's playing well, it's Jones pushing the ball. And he gets up, and Hyde was right behind him, threw an alley-oop to him, and it was a lot of fun to watch. 
So while Heidi doesn't uh, fill the fill the sheet, he has one of the the most fun uh, moments of the night, and one of those that said, "Okay, here comes a second lineup with some energy and a lot of points." Again, bench points are important, and Purdue uh, the bench with with the limited amount of minutes some of these guys are playing, they're playing pretty well. Morton, I think, had another. That's another one. Let me look real quick. Uh, Morton had a big three. Yeah, he's one for one. I mean, he shot the ball one time. Like that's that's crazy. I mean, um, he's playing. He played ten minutes, shot the ball one time, three points, one rebound, one assist. Just not many opportunities out there when you're playing that few minutes. I'm sure this is frustrating for some of these guys, but I feel like you got so, such a mature group that they understand <clears throat> that this is kind of the deal. Their night will come, and you know that that we know that from experience that. It could be as soon as in Maui that Ethan Morton, ha, you know, has to step up and shoot threes, but it's kind of tough to watch some of these guys not have it get a ton, a ton of minutes. Sorry about my voice; it's getting worse as I go on. So, um, with that, let's see. Um, with that, I think I'm going to call it a night. Um, Clements Dale Clements says um, Xavier is 49 on Ken Ken Palm. I think it's what he's saying. Um, and uh, I think that's what you're talking about, Dale. Sorry, Dalen. I'm sorry if I missed that, messed that up. But um, yeah, there's um, there's a lot of work to be done. I think that's the big takeaway. And Purdue has an entire week. It's one of my favorite things. Matt Painter teams typically in the early season, November, December, when they have a week of practice. And this will be somewhat a bridge week because there's travel in there. <laughs> But when they have a week of practice just to work on things and look at what they've done so far and, and review film and get ready for an opponent, really good things typically happen. So I'm excited about this week for this team and excited to see how they play versus Gonzaga. <coughs> Mercy, I'm so sorry. Um, so I'm going to call it a day. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for dealing with me and my voice. Hammer down. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you.